All right, let's let's fucking drink this Kool Aid. Okay. Flavor Aid. Yeah, be the Flavor Aid thing that you said. Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Sarah, what are we talking about in this episode? Today is all about the event that inspired the phrase don't drink the Kool-Aid, even though technically it was Flavor-Aid, the Jonestown Massacre. And then later we'll be comparing it to another famous cult that also ended in death. So a lot of fun times ahead. Cool, cool. Can't wait. I hope all of our listeners drink the Kool-Aid and not the off-brand Flavor-Aid. But yeah, Jonestown (laughs) was a settlement in Guyana, South America, created by the People's Temple cult. And there's a lot of jokes about drinking the Kool-Aid. But Jonestown did result in the greatest single loss of American civilian life in a deliberate act prior to September 11th. So over 900 people died. It was extremely fucked up. Yeah, that's such an insane number. Like, I never realized that it was 900. I always thought it was like a low 300, which is still bad. But (laughs) A low 300. Cool, cool. (laughs) But the man that made this all happen was named James Warren Jones, a.k.a. Jim Jones. Jim Jones was a preacher slash faith healer in the most quotes ever slash cult leader that directed a mass murder in the jungle. Growing up, he was described as really weird and obsessed with religion and death. People even said that he would hold funerals for tiny animals, which like, I've had several hamsters and they're all buried in my parents' backyard. So on that point, I personally cannot judge. But did you kill um, them yourself? Because he definitely killed both <laughs> tiny animals himself. Oh, I never thought about that. I just kind of figured that people who have perfect hair do that. Like Sarah's bangs. <laughs> Remember that picture? <laughs> what a bang out of place. <laughs> um, what happened um, to contribute to this man who didn't have as great bangs as me? But what was in his chart that made him become like this person? Well, there's a ton. But so let's just focus right now for um, on his big three. Give and us that Jim big Jones, three. The big big three. So he has a Taurus sun, an Aries moon, and a Capricorn rising. And all right. So right off the bat, men with Taurus placements, in my opinion, are super hot. I um, always I de- generally go for a Taurus. Yeah, play, I'm not going to lie. I can see that. You have a Taurus. I see. Um, and so Taurus is ruled by Venus. Um, and so like they're charismatic and have a natural attunement and appreciation for traditionally feminine qualities and activities such as skincare and having values. <laughs> So rare these days. So rare. And so it's not surprising that he was able to influence people, um, which also kind of made me think like in a way cult leaders were, you know, the original influencers, the influencers of your hot take alert, (laughs) hot take. But I mean, that's again, when people add value. So don't mind me. I'm just a neo-Marxist. Not unlike Jim Jones. Um, And so he had an Aries moon, um, which is an interesting placement. And I really like it because Rihanna, who I love, adore, and would follow to the ends of the world or to Guyana, has her moon in Aries, which really makes me love it. Um, It's the only fire moon placement that can survive on self-validation, whereas Leo and Sag moons require external validation. Oh, wow. I mean, that to me is like a person, like the opposite of what like a cult leader would be. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so, I mean, it feels contradictory to me, too. Like, um, but I I was wondering, like, is this just because I have like I'm looking at it through the lens of a Sag moon? But 
there's also like it takes a, a cult leader has to be like fueled by themselves originally, right? Like they have to believe that I can do this. I should be listened to. People should kind of deify me. So that's another way to, that I kind of thought about it. And so um, he was also born during a new moon. Uh, well, during a new moon phase because his sun or his moon is right before his sun sign. And so this means that he was um, like he people who are born during new moon phases are predestined to focus on self-development according to astrology. And so um, he also has a Capricorn rising like our fair Elise. And this suggests that he has an organized and practical approach to life. Um, he approaches life like a business meeting and he knows that what needs to be done in order to achieve his goals and his goals are never unachievable or unattainable or too pie in the sky. Um, finally, there are two more things that I think are important. One is that he has his midheaven in Libra, which is like his Taurus son is also ruled by Venus, which makes him super into values and optics and fairness and is like someone who would bury a pet in the yard. Um, <laughs> that he murdered. And, yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> But he also was born when Mercury stationed direct, which means that Mercury was basically stagnant and it's even rarer than being born during Mercury retrograde. And this just like really elevates the communication part of his um, like his chart, which he has a tour or yeah, he has a Taurus Mercury. And so it just kind of like makes Mercury loud. Wow. Yeah, that was loud. Uh, wow, that's a lot. Um, I feel a little embarrassed that he's also a Capricorn rising, but I feel like that's the least creepy thing about him. So, awesome. um, yeah. But also a fun fact, I went to Butler and Jim Jones is one of our most famous alumni, which <laughs> that probably says a lot about Butler um, <laughs> because you aren't familiar with a small school in Indianapolis. But he was actually extremely progressive, which would probably make sense with the Libra in his chart and is essentially credited with desegregating the city of Indianapolis. And one of the main ways that he went about that integration was through his church. Yeah. So the People's Temple Full Gospel Church, which later came to be shortened to the People's Temple, was founded in the 1950s. And it started because Jim wasn't allowed to have black congregants at his previous church. So he was like, okay, everyone, fuck off. I'll start my own. So this focus on equality is very tied to his midheaven and Libra. He wants to be known for being fair and he wants to be known publicly for promoting equality. Like your midheaven is like how your reputation and how you want to be seen um, like publicly. Yeah. And this multiracial church in the 1950s was super revolutionary during a time of racial segregation and especially in the Bible belts of Indianapolis. And, you know, a lot of people said that if Jonestown never happened, he would have been known as an extremely influential civil rights advocate, just that would go down in history, which is kind of crazy. People's Temple wasn't necessarily all bad at the beginning, um, but it definitely was still shady. And this is shown by him having Scorpio in his 11th house in his natal chart. Scorpio is a very intense sign. Um, I love a Scorpio, um, but Same. there is a lot. Yeah, they're very cool, but they're known. I feel like they get a lot of flack because they are very like, intense and there's people think they're scheme like they hold a grudge there's always a lot under the surface with a scorpio and this sign being in his 11th house really says something because 11th house is like your organizations so yeah. this shows that in terms of his church there's more that meets the eye um and it's also weird dana because you know his 11th house doesn't have a planet in it um yes. but it definitely has a lot of influence this is like a really good example of how um the empty houses in our charts will still have an effect on how like our life unravels and how we behave and so like 
just because you have an empty house doesn't mean that house is like that's like an empty part of your chart like that part of your chart is ruled by a sign and that sign is like super um indicative of how those like that part of your uh chart will unfold so um like scorpio like needs to be trusted they deeply the sign deeply needs us and at the same time they're like extremely hesitant to trust right and that kind of makes sense to me i have a scorpio i see i don't know about you guys in terms of understanding that or thinking it's like wildly insane but um <laughs> like it's not just it's not evil or like nefarious it's just kind of like the fear and the understanding that like trust is like such a delicate like piece of like tissue that like i don't know it's just also like if you want to know how this plays out in your chart it's trackable with perfections um hit me so with that in mind, you know, though he was doing a lot for the community and reaching out to people typically, you know, disenfranchised people that were overlooked, he was still pulling some bullshit. And that's like just a pure sign of this 11th house in Scorpio. He was very into over the top faith healings because he thought this would get him PR and it did. So he would fake them. He would have his church services and he would plant people in the audience and have them spit up like rotting old chicken livers or like pieces. Yeah. Like pieces of old beef. And they'd be like, holy shit. Like I had cancer. This must okay. be cancer. When a church wants PR, I'm immediately suspicious. Like what the fuck is your agenda? Um, and also looking at this chart, like he has Pluto conjunct Jupiter and cancer, which to me screams Munchausen's. And I know that's like over prescribing, <laughs> but like, I mean, I can't, <laughs> say that that's what he had but it also screams like healing mother to me but he also just seems to really want attention for it yeah so he wants to be like credited by like you know helping all of these people he wants to be this over-encompassing like larger than life god-like figure and so eventually this is when his sermons start to shift from like this chill we're all in this together, like everybody's equal to this more apocalyptic fire and brimstone Pentecostal style. Yeah. And I mean, at one point, some of his fellow civil rights um, advocates were like, yo, Jim, you got to like tone it down a little. And then in his next speech, he was screaming like, let my people go. And everyone's <laughs> like, that's not what it means to like be chill. But yeah, the Pentecostal style of preaching it's just like super fired up, dramatic, theatrical, passionate, like a lot of shouting, a lot of singing. Sometimes like you pretend you're speaking in tongues. It's super over the top and basically the Puritans worst nightmare. Um, Yeah, the Puritans would have hated that shit. But in his sermons, he started telling everyone that a nuclear holocaust was coming and they all had to prepare. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> when someone says the phrase nuclear holocaust to me it's a like the cue to immediately remove them from my life or my social media it's just a hard and fast rule what the fuck are you doing if you start talking about a nuclear holocaust <laughs> get away from me yes not everyone felt that immediate urge to disconnect <laughs> um and they followed him to san francisco because he thought he was safer from the nuclear threat there than in indiana somehow yeah i'm not sure how that how that tracks but um san francisco actually was initially pretty dope for jimmy J. he gets a bunch of new members cozies up to a bunch of politicians and like big time ones including first lady rosalind carter vice president walter mondale the governor of california even described him in a public speech as a combination of get this Martin Luther King Jr., Angela Davis, and Albert Einstein. What a combo. Like, what, what would that person even be like if they did exist, you know? <laughs> Insane. <laughs> 
So everything seems fine and great in San Francisco, but this is really the turning point for the People's Temple. Um, When you look at a timeline of the cult, there's kind of this division before San Francisco and then everything that happened after. So with all this new publicity that seemed great at first, he also starts to face a lot of scrutiny. Former members are coming forward to accuse him of physical abuse and mistreatment. And it also didn't help that he's getting super paranoid and unpredictable um, because he's on this like insane cocktail of drugs. Yeah, I mean, ap- apparently he was taking tons of stimulants like amphetamines and addiction to barbiturates and quaaludes and just sort of a very Elvis cocktail of sorts. But I guess I'm wondering, is it possible to like see addiction in someone's chart? Like, is that something? Yes. That- okay. It is. I mean, there's nothing that's like, this is a hard and fast rule that this person will have addiction. But it's like, if you want to figure out where to find addiction in some uh, with someone's chart, the first place to look is Neptune. Um, and so Jim Jones has Neptune in Virgo, which by the way, so did Elvis. And oh, it is, enough. wow. Right. It's, um, Neptune is drugs and inebriation, um, not exclusively, but we're over this all the time. Virgo is health and perfectionism. And so like this gives someone like a pre, Virgos are predisposed to addiction um, just through this mode of thinking alone because there's such a need to be perfect and there's so much difficulty reconciling that perfection is actually truly impossible. Wow. Um, and so it's just kind of like a, it's just like an extreme tension. And then also he has his uh, son in the fifth house and it's in like a Venus ruled sign. So he just really wants to like bask in pleasure a lot of times. And all this basically means that he really loved meth. Um, (laughs) um, So at the same time that he's just like all methed out, this investigative report comes out in a San Francisco magazine that basically lays out all of his dirty laundry. Um, So I guess like he's obviously had it pretty good for now. Like, was there anything happening in his chart that would indicate like a twist of fate? Yeah, well, the North Node is in a Venus ruled sign, so it's going to be hard like just because like of all the Venus in his chart, like this like speaks to the pull of that. And then he has Mar- the Mars um, was in Gemini opposite Neptune and Sagittarius. And this is again, like just like a taking and obscuring of the facts. Like we've been through like Mars and Gemini with um, the Salem witch trials. And it's just like a lot of talking. And also we saw it in Firefest. Um, so we keep seeing this. It seems like, you know, something that really follows us. And also Elise has it in her natal chart. It's just, <laughs> well, am I going to be exposed? No, it just means that you have a power with talking. Mm. Um, okay, mm-hmm. phew. But phew. yeah, I think that this placement is going to have a lot of people talking about the cult and exposing truths about it, which had been concealed for a long time. And, you know, at this point, he's like, I've had enough. People are only going to keep talking. We got to go. And he's been accused of abuse and money fraud. And so he like probably would have gone to jail. So I think that's why he was like, we got to get out of here. So he's tweaking out and super paranoid and is like, Guyana, the middle of the jungle. Why not? So they established Jonestown, which he describes as a socialist paradise, but it was far from that. Members got there and it turned upside down pretty quick. Their passports were taken. Their letters home were censored. They had to stay up all night listening to the meth ramblings of Jim Jones (laughs) It's like cults and frat parties and Trump are all the same. I warn you guys now that there's no such thing as a patriarchy. It's purely amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, right now, we're this is like pure cult tactics, like really breaking people down. So in addition to the obvious mental abuse the people of Jonestown were facing... 
They also dealt with a ton of physical abuse. They worked all day in the field and they were punished if they did anything that disobeyed or questioned Jim Jones. So everyone there were really shells of their former selves. And at this time, too, Jim is just out of his fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, the persistent drug use obviously played a role in this. And, you know, his mental health really took a turn towards rampant paranoia. And he was fully convinced that the U.S. government and others were just out to destroy him. And in a way, kind of rightly so, because people were starting to get really worried about their relatives in the People's Temple because they said they were being held against their will. So they asked this congressman named Leo Ryan to check the situation out. Yeah, and Leo Ryan was really fucking cool. He was known for reform through personal investigations. Like, he would go and just check everything out for himself and then push for reform. And he even went so far as, like, go undercover, had himself arrested under a pseudonym so that he could investigate conditions in the California prison system. Like, this is a guy that was willing to get his hands dirty. So, you know, Leo Ryan goes down to Jonestown with a few reporters and aides, and this is sort of, like, the catalyst to the mass murder, quote, suicide. And I put suicide in quotes because, you know... I don't think a lot of these people had a choice. So, you know, just wanted to throw that out there. No, for sure. So Leo goes there and it's all fake kumbaya bullshit. But a few people kind of, you know, slip him a note and they're like, yo, get me the fuck out of here. And Jim was like, no, it's cool. Go. But in reality, it was very not cool if they decided to go. So Leo, the crew that's leaving, they go to this airstrip and Temple security guards open fire on them, killing several people, including Leo Ryan. And now this is honestly when shit hits the fan because Jim Jones, he's all messed up and he's like, let's fucking go. And the murder begins. The murder begins. Yes, this is when it all starts happening. Dana, what is going on? I mean, R.I.P. Leo Ryan. I hate the death of a Leo, you know? Um, But actually, one of the aides that survived the shooting, she's now a congresswoman, Jackie Spire, also in California. So I feel like his legacy is living on through her. So Sweet. That's hot. Let's hope. Um, (laughs) So the Jonestown murder chart. I say murder chart because like you, yeah, it's really a murder. uh, so the death date, uh, what's it called? Saturn and the North Node were in Virgo. So Virgo, like this is actually, it's a nice thing to think about during the end of Virgo season, which we're probably now in. This is like a big theme of purification because Saturn is restriction and just kind of like a solemn planet and the North Node is like where you're going. And Mercury conjunct Neptune, um, which is mixed messages, conjuncts Mars, um, which is violent action in Sagittarius, which is just kind of comes together as like a dying for one's beliefs. Um, and then also Pluto's conjunct um, Jim Jones North Node, um, which is the bringer of death and the bringer of fate. And so that one to me is so fucked up. Like yeah. that's so creepy. That one gives me a little chills, but I like it. Um, <laughs> and so like they like these planets form a square. Like um, the last time we saw a Sag Virgo square was in Billy McFarland's chart, and um, like that just kind of adds like to the additional tension because it's they're not just operating separately; they're operating together. Um, to create this like like immediate need for death and purification wow. and violence. So we had Pluto, which is death um, and change conjunct Jim Jones's South Node. And the South Node is karma, right? Like it, it just mm-hmm. brings you to your fate. So yes. all of this is just, you know, Jim Jones 
is the bringer of death. He definitely lived up to it on the ground. His closest followers put a bunch of cyanide and sedatives into grape flavorade, which like, not the time to make a joke, but I am like, why grape? Like the people have suffered Ugh, enough. Awful. <laughs> like so bad. Like I think out of every flavor, like I would rather drink blood than like grape. <laughs> um, but they made these like big vats of it. Um, and they forced everyone, kids and adults alike, to drink it while armed guards stood by. And this is why we talk about, like, we don't see this as suicide. Like, people were watching them. If you chose not to drink it, like, they injected you with it. And then Jim Jones shot himself in the head because he's a giant bitch and he couldn't go out the way everybody else did. It was so, so horrible. And, you know, somehow, and, you know, really a miracle that not everyone died. Some people were um, able to see the writing on the wall and they escaped in the jungle. And some, including two of his sons, happened to be playing in a basketball tournament that day. And according to those sons, Jim Jones you know, was planning a revolutionary act, aka mass murder suicide for quite some time. Like he had his members practice fake suicides multiple times in the past, which, you know, I guess is fairly commonplace amongst cult leaders to convince their followers that the world is ending and they must die together. So like, let's practice. Um, So yeah, I think if we Fast forward to the 90s, where we have another famous cult who all took their lives together. Um, This one was called Heaven's Gate. And you might remember them for their Nike shoes, but their apocalypse was waiting for a spaceship trailing behind the Hale-Bopp comet. Heaven's Gate was founded by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, and it was basically a UFO cult. They combined Christianity, elements of mysticism, and sci-fi themes and convinced people that they were from the next level of humans. And if you join them, you could also rise to that next level. So it was almost like, you know, like very like self betterment, but like on this weird, like sci-fi nerd level. Um, So how you would get to self betterment is like, you would follow them to this spaceship and you would be brought to this new, beautiful of elevated world. So they also abstained from sex too. Like they thought that really lowered like, lowered you like people went as far as to like castrate themselves Ooh. like they were like yeah they were like fucking Dorks. die hard <laughs> Whoa. um so another thing that kind of brought the whole idea of like you know leaving your vessel they called their body or their vessel leaving your vessel behind was that they believed that the earth was just in such a shitty place that you would be recycled aka killed because the earth would just get so bad that it would have to start over um which i mean maybe they were right with that um so the hellbop comet came and this was like their idea to be like you know this was their sign to be like this is our time to go yeah and the hellbop comet apparently is was a thousand times brighter than Haley's comet and everyone was freaking out about it in the media because you can see it with their naked little eye even in cities like chicago um so it became this thing that people tracked and like really were excited to see the 90s were so precious and decadent compared to today like (laughs) people were like oh my god like look at the comet and now it's like the news is like the democracy doesn't exist anymore like people are like burning like documents in the background it's like okay Uh, we did not know how good we had in the life i know imagine if the biggest story was like go outside look at this comet (laughs) 
Like, can I see it through a mask? A I would mask? literally be Googling, like, what is actually happening? What are they? Why are they lying to me? So the members of Heaven's Gate saw the hale comet as this was their sign to go. So they all bought matching tracksuits, wore Nike sneakers, and they put these purple shrouds over their head, which honestly, like, kind of chic. I don't know if that's, like, allowed to be said right now. Oh, but- for sure. Venusian <laughs> but- <and> fuck. <laughs> Venusian as fuck. And then they ate applesauce laced with barbiturates and chugged a bunch of vodka, which kind of metal, minus the applesauce, and thought that they would they were leaving their body to go to this new home in space. Yeah. I mean, what a way to go, truly. But um, even though this scale of death is vastly different, we're talking like 900 people at Jonestown and like 40 people at Heaven's Gate. I just feel like there has to be some shit in common with these two occurrences. Sure. And so, of course, there is, right? Um, We have, but like something, so for Heaven's Gate, Pluto was in Sagittarius. And once again, Pluto is change and death. Sagittarius is beliefs. This is death by beliefs. Death charts have the North Node in Virgo. Um, Purification, uh, again, is the huge theme of this. The North Node brings you to your destiny. So North Node in Virgo is like a huge focus on being perfect. Uh, Virgo North Node, you may find it difficult to follow like certain protocols and structures um, because of the... Piscean South Node um, of the so-called real world and like preferring to be guided by your inner voice. But like that Virgo North Node will always bring you to like your like uh, destiny by like kind of like some sort of like need for purification. Well, and- that in too, like that to me makes a lot of sense. Like these people didn't believe like they were part of this world. They yeah. thought that like their leaders were from a different planet and everything of this world like they didn't relate to because they thought it was something you could rise above to be a better person very well said also right like um all the venusian between both of their uh so like jim jones uh was born on may 13th um 1931 and marshall applewhite applewhite was born on may 17th 1931 this is a four-day difference like and marshall applewhite was born like literally on the like ripe ass taurus new moon um and so marshall (laughs) had an aries rising so they both have cardinal rising signs, and he was even more heavily Venusian than Jim Jones, like which really explains those costumes. Right, which would make sense, like uniforms. why he was so intense about everyone matching, everyone wearing yeah. shrouds. Like <laughs> they, he cared a lot about the optics of of all of that. This was this was a heavier episode, um, but I guess I have to be a little bit. I'm just always scared of Pluto from now on. I don't know if that's great. Like, should I always be scared of it? Like, no, I think you should. Okay. So here's something interesting about Pluto is that it's placed as like ruled by uh, Scorpio or the ruler of Scorpio. But a lot of there's like earlier talks, like we're discussing, maybe it rules Aries. And so like, really, we don't have a ruler for Pluto in traditional astrology. And I think that Pluto really works well for you. I think it's like a, here is the fucking truth. And we're coming with you. We're coming at it. You know, Pluto, Pluto, Pluto. That's how I feel about it yeah pluto i think too is like a more extreme like saturn in a way but like saturn like snaps you on the wrist and is like okay like you and this is like a hot take pluto me choose you (laughs) but like saturn is like okay like slaps you on the wrist like you need to like fucking get your shit together pluto comes in and like uproots everything and is like nothing will ever be the same and you have to deal with it and like rise above like millennials are like Pluto and Scorpio generation, like we're the phoenixes. Like, so I think with us, it's like inherent in us. It's like, we've been dealing with bullshit forever. Oh yeah. 
All right. Well, Dana, sum up all the transits that we that we talked about today. So we had a lot of transits today. And to sum up some of the biggest players um, in the transits for Jonestown, we have Mercury conjunct Neptune conjunct Mars and Sagittarius. This is death by beliefs, uh, having such a need to believe in a system that you like will die for it. Mars is violent action. Um, and so that really is like, yeah, like death, whether or not you know it's coming. Neptune, it like seems like I rip on Neptune a lot, I'm sure, uh, depending on how you feel about these kinds of things. But like we all have the capacity in us somewhere to either be addicted or to like obliterate and obscure our own reality. So Neptune and Virgo may cause addiction. And if you're trying to find addiction in your chart or someone else's, start with Neptune. The North <laughs> Node uh, was in Virgo um, in the death, death charts of both cults, which is like just this pu- push for purification and perfection and like the fear of your own humanity. And being born on a new moon is a push towards self-development in this lifetime. And I think that about covers the majority of them. So the things that have become abundantly clear to me today is to never move to San Francisco and stay away from sci-fi nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else that Dana said. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And speaking of Nike sneakers that did not get discontinued, um, next week we're talking about the 90s Bulls and the dynasty that crushed it against all odds. Uh, girls talking sports girls talking sports but you know being a kid in chicago in the 90s like it was better than anything else so um you're gonna hear about all of that yeah talk about decadence dana thought michael jordan was her uncle (laughs) (laughs) i'll explain that at length next episode it's not a lie at all it's actually 100 percent true um and so with that please leave us a five-star review despite you know, the uh, racial insensitivities of my two-year-old self uh, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Um, And please follow us at Allegedly Astrology on Instagram for more behind-the-scenes content, some fucking fire memes, and to learn how to win a free chart reading with Dana. Woohoo! Bye! Bye!